0: hello everyone and welcome to the b2b marketing podcast Uh, my name is david rowlands i'm the editor at b2b marketing and i'm joined today by gusran marjara who is the cmo at access group um so what we're going to talk about today it's it's uh it's it's really quite a necessary topic to cover i think today so you know as customer buyers and behaviors are continuing to shift and the experiences that technology brands provide to engage their audiences need to shift and integrate more than ever you know with so much of the journey being digital and so many technologies and innovations to find attract retain move and even track these buyers how can we keep up and ensure that you measure and communicate the impact (coughs) of sales and marketing? Uh, sales marketing spend to your board more effectively. So Gersran, thank you for joining me. Um, would you care to uh, just give your give our audience a little bit of an introduction as to who you are and um, all the lovely work you're doing over at Access Group?
1: Yeah, sure, David. Um, thanks for the opportunity to, to join you here. Uh, as, as, as you mentioned, I am the Chief Marketing Officer at the Access Group. We're a UK headquartered Um, software company. We target the mid-market organizations in the UK and in Asia-Pacific. We've been going for over 30 years as an organization. I joined four and a half years ago, but we're turning over now an incredible 500 million pounds. Most people haven't heard of us. We're the best kept secret in UK um, software uh, and particularly cloud-based software targeting the mid-market. And as I said, we've had this huge growth journey of which I'm proud to say marketing has played a, a really critical part in growing the um, revenues and sales of the organization. So I've been on a transformational journey with the marketing function over the last four and a half years, picking it up at about 30 people. And now we're a team of over 170 people driving, as I said, nearly half a billion pounds in um, turnover here in the UK and in Asia-Pac.
0: Fantastic! Sounds like a lot of a um, lot of good work going over there uh, at Access Group. Um, so, just sort of diving into it, because I'm sure the audience don't want to hear me <laughs> me waffling along all day. You know, w- what does your board care about currently in terms of marketing's contribution to your to uh, your organisation's success and growth? You know, what particular KPIs are they interested in?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a crucial one because you know I joined because of the the seat on the board and having a real voice in terms of driving strategy and growth for the organisation. And and we agreed on on the one KPI uh, and it is one major KPI of pipeline creation. And this is a pound notes target. So we, like many organizations, we have a sales target. We work backwards to figure out how many leads do we need? How many qualified opportunities are we creating for sales? But crucially, we model this to the nth degree. We understand how many, the volume of leads, the volume of opportunities, the value of those opportunities, how long they take to convert, and therefore, what do we need to create in a particular month? So my marketing team and I have a very hard-nosed pipeline revenue target to achieve. Uh, And so I run marketing very much like sales with real targets on everyone's backs. And, And this is what the board loves is... Uh, and we start each board meeting with me first. What is the the pipeline creation engine delivering for the organization? Then we turn it over to sales and then we turn it over to customer success in terms of successful onboarding uh, and delivery of the value propositions to our customers and solutions. But right at the front of the conversation at board level, I have to stand up first and say, have I met my target for pipeline creation? And it is The crucial thing is, again, it is hard pound notes. It's not the number of leads or the number or the awareness or the number of people attending events. It's the outcomes-based metrics, if you will, around how does that translate into the number of opportunities that are being created. And then the attribution. Were they sourced by the marketing pound notes that we're spending and the campaigns that the team are delivering? But within, within Access, we have a phenomenal... Um, sales engine as well that is creating its own opportunities. We're targeting the mid-market organizations. So we have a large number of um, um, transactions that we conduct every month. Um, and therefore, the sales team is also gold with creating and, and generating its own pipeline. What I've done to ensure we have tight sales and marketing alignment is to say the marketing team is gold on a couple of key things, or three key things, actually. One is on the marketing source pipeline, and then it's the total pipeline that the company needs. So that is a target that I, the, the marketeers have is regardless of attribution, I'm goaling them on achieving the total pipeline for the company. So they have to work collaborative with the sales engine. They have to enable the sales team with the right materials and content and training and making sure all of the assets that we're creating are being leveraged by the sales team so they can use them via social selling techniques on LinkedIn predominantly. Um, to drive their own pipeline creation and become those trusted experts online as well. So you've got buyers coming to them online to do that. So this real laser focus on Pound Notes targets, be that marketing source, sales sourced. And the final part of the equation is revenue. So we do target or ultimately our gold on revenue contribution as well to ensure the pipeline we're creating is converting at the right rate and ultimately for the company. The company is interested in are we generating sales and is that turning into revenue? So really this laser focus um, is what I love because I am very targets orientated. As a marketeer, we have to prove our value and it's this outcome-based metric which really um, delivers at the board level
0: yeah I mean that's a long way away from the marketing department of 30 years ago which isn't particularly surprising but um, no it's good to hear that you've that, that there's that one core KPI at the at the heart of everything although I do wonder you know how do you measure success against that because even if to the board you're only talking about you know pipeline creation are there other metrics that kind of sit beneath that that, that feed into that pipeline creation at all
1: no, absolutely. We look at the complete lead gen funnel, right? So we look at the number of uh, marketing engaged leads, marketing qualified leads. We look at the conversion rates. We look at the channels that obviously they've been coming out. So in, in marketing, we have a, a, a zillion different metrics that we can look at, and you know we've got a great marketing technology stack. So this is a truly closed loop uh, system that we've got here, and uh, we've got a BI layer uh, on top of that, so we can cut slice the data. I'm. A firm believer that you've got to marketing is a combination of the science of marketing and this data-driven approach, combined with the art of marketing, which is the creativity. You can't forget that. And I think we, you know, many organisations may have pivoted more towards that data and data science, which is crucial in today's digital world. But I'm a big believer. You've got to stand out uh, amongst your competitors through stand out creative. And that's that combination is where the, I call the magic of marketing happens. It's that combination of data obsessiveness and data science coupled with standout creative gives you uh, head and shoulders above your competition, that that breakthrough campaigns that ultimately turn into that pipeline. So I look at everything. So there is, uh, as I said, a, a lot of metrics that the team pour over. I have a marketing ops function, um, which I've just recently combined with the sales ops function. So we actually... Uh, I think our trailblazing here, we've created a revenue ops function. Again, this is down to the very tight sales and marketing alignment. If I was to put my finger on one thing that has really driven the success of of Access is that really tight alignment between sales and marketing, which is very hard to achieve. Um, And I'll go into uh, more detail on that if you want on how we've gone about it. Um, But, you know, the chief sales officer and I are joined at the hip which is very unusual in many organizations that I work for. So the whole go-to-market strategy is aligned between sales and marketing. We celebrate success together. We are, are our goals, are our shared objectives around pipeline, as I mentioned, marketing uh, has um, total pipeline as one of its key KPIs, not just the marketing source pipeline. So the shared objectives and the tight collaboration and planning are key ingredients to really drive that overarching revenue growth that we have have shown as a company.
0: I'd absolutely love to talk some more about um, sales enablement, but, I'd, but the first thing I'd like to talk about before we get to that is, you know, are there any particular areas that you feel that you know the board don't quite appreciate the value that marketing can deliver? I mean, it seems like they their interest in that that one major KPI, which you mentioned, you know, pipeline creation. But is there there's some things you think marketing can do that it's almost like they're not interested in and all they care about is the pipeline creation?
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's an outcomes-based KPI that ultimately translates into revenue. And it's providing confidence uh, that we will be able to achieve our sales targets. So it's that predictability. So we really pour over this pipe creation and model it to death and and really what the board is interested in. Are we going to be able to make the next three months uh, revenue targets, sales targets? Do we have confidence in delivering that top line number? And it's all predicated on, on that pipeline. That's why it's super, super important. But uh, in addition to that, you know, there are other KPIs around the customer experience, which is absolutely critical. So it's all well and good getting customers um, to buy more from us, but then how is that experience uh, While we're turning them into happy, delighted customers that are going to be turning into advocates, which I can then use in the demand gen engine um, as a key part of our campaign tactics. So uh, a net promoter score is critical for us, our churn rates. Uh, these are key metrics for any organization that you should be really pouring over and, and being a software as a service Um, Technology company, we pour over those uh, in a great amount of detail. So, our churn rates, our NPS scores, our transactional NPS scores are are pretty crucial. The other thing that I think we've done extremely well here at Access is really measuring our employee engagement, the, the engagement of our teams and our staff. How happy are they to work at Access? We have a mantra called love work, love life. We want to make sure people who join access, get the best experience, and and really uh, can perform to their full potential. And we go, I think, uh, the extra mile ensuring that our onboarding is great for new team members, that we have the right incentives in place, the right collaboration and teamwork going on between different functions. And and we do a lot of socializing as a a company. You know, pre-COVID, you know, lots of team lunches, achievers lunches. And again, another point about the sales and marketing alignment is we celebrate success together as a sales and marketing team. So that means marketeers get to go on the achievers clubs, which in other companies have only been um, left to sales colleagues to go to. But marketing gets to participate in those. We do quarterly achievers lunches. Um, We have shared goals and targets and incentives uh, aligned up again. But this engagement, uh, I can't emphasize enough, we measure team engagement on a monthly basis, how engaged, and that was crucial during the COVID period and the pandemic. We were listening to our teams and staff, What, how did they need us to respond? We provided a lot of wellbeing uh, um, initiatives through the company during the pandemic, which just felt, you know, gave gave confidence to the staff. We didn't let anyone go, we didn't make anyone redundant, we didn't actually take advantage of the furlough because from a company point of view, we were doing extremely well. Um, and that has been a crucial ingredient that I think many companies don't pay enough attention to. I think the COVID pandemic um, has forced people or companies to, to really look at how they look at their staff. Have we got the right programs and initiatives involved to really keep them motivated, keep them in mind, and also listening to their fears around COVID and pandemic and how do we need to adjust our policies to make sure we keep our teams um well-being at heart and obviously doing that you know we've been able to demonstrate that that's resulted in, in a great predictable revenue growth for us as well
0: well that's a very good plug for anyone listening who'd like to join access group um, so i'm sure they can keep their eyes peeled for any career opportunities um, it, you mentioned that you you measure employment in uh, sorry employee engagement on a monthly basis which is really interesting would you mind just sharing a bit more information about how you actually measure that engagement?
1: Yeah, it is a monthly survey. So this is an online tool. Um, there are a number of vendors who provide this type of tool, but it, essentially it's a, an online questionnaire where we're asking you know, the same questions pretty much every month around how are you feeling um, within your job? Are you um, satisfied with um, different aspects of the role? Uh, and other areas that we can improve on as a company. So it, it's a fairly standard questionnaire to get that pulse check, if you will, on, on real employee sentiment uh, uh, at any point in time. And, and we're, we're data obsessed as an organization. So we've moved the needle on this. Um, you know, at a high level, we were at, say, a, a, a score of 7 out of 10. We're now at a score of uh, near nearly 9 out of 10, 8.6, 8.7 out of 10. And we're in the top 10% of tech companies as far as employee engagement is concerned. So we get that data from our vendor um, who nom- an- anonymizes all of the different companies that participate in the survey so that, you know, we benchmark ourselves against the best um, tech companies in the UK
0: okay thank you and in terms of actually looking forwards a bit you know what do you think your board will be interested in the future when it comes to marketing demonstrating success in your organization you know are there any key areas initiatives or kpis that you know that the board will be increasingly interested in? and you know yeah, why the
1: is yeah the one i haven't touched upon is brand um you know i, I said alluded to we're a half a billion pound software company now that no one's heard of in the uk outside of our target audience so guess what the target audience gets it um, we do want to raise the profile to be able to attract greater talent coming to access as well as obviously further investor, investment where private equity owned. Um, but we've never really um, invested heavily in the brand. I started that now. We've got a great demand gen, uh, engine here that is delivering what we need to drive our revenue growth. And, and the, the reason now I'm investing in, in brand is ultimately to help us drive that pipeline creation so that it's not brand for brand sake it's brand to demand so uh, how, what is our share of voice share of search as a key kpi how many people are searching for the access group technology and software in in branded search terms so there's a lot of research that's been done in b2b around the effectiveness of long-term brand campaigns that ultimately will drive short-term sales or brand demand activation campaigns i'm a big believer in that you've got to get that brand uh working for you to make your demand gen more efficient so i'm actually looking at moving pound notes budget not increasing the overall marketing budget but reallocating budget more towards brand which will accelerate and improve our conversions on our demand gen campaigns
0: okay fantastic and like you say brand is something that is we've seen a lot uh, I don't want to say new interest, it's always been there, but a lot of perhaps new vigor over the last year people are really starting starting to, to think how they can improve their brand and not just in ways you know like changing the logo or something like that. So how do you actually intend to improve your brand? Is, are you looking at things like thought leadership? Are you, have you got a content marketing plan? What do you have in mind to improve it?
1: yeah we, we've got we've got thought leadership kind of marketing, content marketing, but also advertising for the first time. But, uh, you know, raising targeted awareness at that target audience in the mid market, both here and, and actually in APAC, we're making big strides in growing our APAC base as well. But elevating, um, our, our brand value proposition, we've had a very strong brand for, our, uh, a number of years when i joined we 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 invested in really understanding and listening to customers and coming up with a real good brand promise and now we're activating that brand promise and and communicating that far more effectively as you alluded to thought leadership content marketing uh advertising digital you know it's mostly digital we're not going uh, out of house uh, at the moment um into or um you know doing um out of home uh, advertising it's very much measurable uh, in terms of the impact on demand. And uh, as I alluded to, share of search is the key KPI that I'm looking at to demonstrate back to the broad that you know, more people are, are searching for us organically and that will ultimately lead to um, pipeline creation.
0: Of course, yeah. And there's, there's an increasing trend, we think, towards brands becoming publishers. and Perhaps that's something I've touched upon a minute ago. And, you know, with third-party cookies looking to end in the next couple of years, I think it's 2022 now after the Google announcement. There's also a move towards B2B brands trying to gather more first-party data generally. So when it comes to your organization, what are you you doing around this? You know, is this something you're actively involved in or are you seeing a bit of a different situation?
1: No, we're absolutely driving in that direction. We're creating our own content hubs. We, We service a number of different... Vertical segments from hospitality to health and social care to education, charity sector. You know, we have horizontal solutions around HR and finance as well. So we target uh, a, a number of distinct audiences. So I want us to be the trusted advisor for those particular audiences and looking at um, uh, the key challenges that those organizations are facing. So classic content marketing around topical issues and and pain points and challenges, not product related issues, Uh, albeit ultimately we want to uh, move our our audiences down and and talk about those particular areas, but you've got to start with um, demonstrating that you understand your markets, your customers' markets, their challenges, what are their issues, and be able to talk to those um, key areas eloquently Um, And it varies for us. As I said, we've got 10 divisions within Access. So it's not one product. We're servicing 10 different target audiences, lots of different personas in the buying units. And so we've got a lot of work to do uh, in terms of being those trusted advisors. So yeah, classic thought leadership with influencer marketing going on in terms of parties giving us independent um, inputs and creating advisory boards to then publish to your point, really uh, compelling content that um, talk, talks to all of those challenges those organizations are, are facing. So, you know, we're, we're trying to do that. It's, it's hard because we are a software company ultimately, and, you know, there are competing uh, attention spans for getting that type of content from us as a, as a supplier. But that's the challenge that I set the teams. And, and, you know, we've been doing a great job of that, particularly during COVID where we responded very fast with, you know, how do you as an organization um, look to respond during the pandemic and and taking a lot of your processes, which may have been manual and paper-based, and how do you digitize them to be able to cope with working remotely? So I think we're off to a good start because we really did pivot very quickly to create those content hubs, and those are now naturally being evolved and expanded on to uh, uh, with more third-party content to position those as broader industry content hubs as opposed to very um, specific sort of digital transformation content hubs.
0: Okay, thank you. And um, it it sounds, well, in fact, it's almost certain from what you've been saying so far that Access Group is the polar opposite of the the colouring in department of yes year and you're very focused on success and, and driving contribution. But, you know, moving forwards, what trends, channels, tactics, technologies are you working with um, and actually using to drive more of that success and contribution?
1: Yeah, we're looking at uh, a number of key areas, as I alluded to brand. Um, how do we support the sales team um, with their own pipeline creation? So we're looking at the um social selling aspects of, uh, in particular, um, tools like LinkedIn Navigator, consensus for online video demos, and and what role does marketing play to really uh, service up uh, all of those key assets and contents to streamline and make that sales self-gen effort as frictionless as possible. So that's a big focus for us. I mentioned brand, but digital acquisition is still um, I feel a long way for us to go. Lots of new technologies and, and um, software that we can leverage to improve our conversion rates. So we're continually evaluating new technologies, I think, in B2B intent data with the lack of physical third party events and conferences where you know you can identify those people are buyers in the market and their intent was quite clear if they're researching and coming out to physical trade shows you don't get that anymore how are we identifying and researching intent to come to market is a big area that I'm looking for um technology technology solutions to help us streamline that um but also driving our efficiencies in our own martech stack I alluded to we've got a very good martech spine it's your classic marketing automation, um, you know your web channel marketing automation, CRM, BI tools. That's the spine uh, of our Martech stack, but we've got a number of uh, additional pieces of tech that hang off it uh, around social selling, around um, social uh, marketing as well. So uh, you know I'm constantly evaluating um new ways to streamline and get more efficient at those channels but obviously you know digital is uh, a key part of our acquisition strategy as well as our cross-sell and upsell are are uh, increasing what existing customers are buying as well and getting more sophisticated at that through more intelligent data science and propensity to buy modeling for example So we're creating a lot of data lakes. As part of this new revenue ops function, we have a bunch of data scientists involved in um, creating the right segmentation and targeting models. So looking to pinch a lot of learnings from the B2C space uh, in terms of those sophisticated uh, models that uh, um, they typically create in that part of the, the landscape. So I think there's always a lot to learn from B2C and vice versa. Um, but, you know, uh, data science um, coming to B2B is, is is a big area of focus for me at the moment.
0: And of course, all the things you've mentioned at the end of the day, the, the goal really is to drive success or, you know, drive sales. Um, and marketing aligning with sales is something we talk about all the time, particularly, um, you know, sales enablement is the big term that everyone likes to, to, to flout. <coughs> um, but what are your thoughts on sales aligning more with marketing? I know you mentioned earlier that um, you know, you do things like Achiever's Lunches, and there's quite a close relationship there. I think that's really interesting because sometimes, I think with sales enablement, it can be seen that marketing is just a collateral creator for salespeople, which they can tweak and personalize. But how important do you think it is for marketing and sales to have a really mutually equal relationship, one in which both sides are equally focused on increasing revenue for their organization?
1: Yeah, and it's crucial. That's been a key part of our success Is that really tight alignment between the two, and it comes to those shared goals, right? It's that pipeline creation is a joint um, goal for sales team as well as the marketing team, and you'll be able to get to your targets. So we set our sales team's pipeline creation targets as well, but they know the best way to get to those targets for themselves is through tight collaboration and partnership with marketing. So that enablement piece is key to figure out what's working, what isn't working. So this joint this regular communication and refinement of the plans. We have regular weekly check-ins with the team. So uh, one thing I didn't mention was that we have a sales development team that qualify all of the marketing sourced leads um, before passing them on to our sales organization. We also have a a direct um, sales organization as well, inside sales team that take MQLs directly and convert those to sales. But predominantly we have a, a field sales organization. So we have this middle team of telequalification which qualifies everything but that reports to marketing so that team before you know is there to goal to qualify um, those leads and and convert them into sales accepted leads sales qualified leads is what they're measured on measured on the outcome not the input again but that means that we've got marketing SDRs and sales working very tightly together and it is a top-down as well as a bottoms-up approach we drive that communication through regular team meetings and refinement of those um, plans then Um, we have sales teams work out their route to number how they're going to get to their targets and they have to individually create plans that talk about leveraging what types of campaigns are they coming from marketing are they creating their own campaigns how they're going about it that information is shared uh, and then we collaborate and um, um, really refine those plans on a weekly, monthly basis. It's that tight communication is critical to so that joint planning. Um, yeah, we, call, we plan on a quarterly basis for sales and marketing and it's agreement on the the go-to-market strategy, the campaigns, what's working, what isn't working, all of that good stuff. But then, as I mentioned, the joint recognition. So we celebrate success together. Um, you know, we have our uh, biannual sales and marketing uh, conference and kickoff sessions, which is hosted by the chief sales officer and myself together. We um, recognize achievement in, as I said, the annual president's club or achievers club, the quarterly achievers lunches. So we participate in that together. Uh, and that's huge because the incentives and the motivations people can see that we're celebrating success as a unit. As a sales, uh, SBR, and, and marketing unit, uh, and and that's we've worked on that proactively, and it doesn't come easy. But now everyone recognises we have a, this phenomenal engine that is working, uh, and you know we're continuously trying to get the marginal gains out of the engine now. And how do we improve upon this fantastic process that we've put in place?
0: Yeah, of course. And is is that something you've seen? Um, really kind of pick up speed in the last year? Because one thing we hear quite a bit about is that, um, you know, salespeople over the course of the pandemic, they haven't had that same access to their customers and they've had to just rely on marketers more than ever um, to actually get data that they can work with.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we were doing it, I, I think, very well before the pandemic, but it has turbo boosted the um, tighter alignment because, you um, obviously not being able to physically visit your customers. We've had to bring in place new um, tools to help with the sales teams. As I mentioned, new demonstration, that we're a software company, so demonstrating our software online, recording videos of, of demos, as well as um, use cases and scenarios. So we've been enabling sales with a, with a lot of that working together with the, the pre-sales team uh, and making sure that the content that we're creating Uh, and the top tips on how to create those videos, it it was interesting. We wanted those to be authentic as possible and not highly produced either, because I think customers and buyers are savvy in terms of, you know, here's here's my sales regular sales contact and they can see that they're creating um, bespoke or tailored messaging for that particular account and they're doing it live in real time. So we've we've enabled those sales teams to be able to produce those video assets themselves, but again, with certain guidelines and content from marketing to, to, to turbo boost that effort.
0: Yeah, of course. And it's so, you know, looking forwards, what do you think needs to change and, and how will that help you demonstrate greater contribution from marketing to the board, do you think?
1: Um, I think from from my point of view, we've got to keep um, focused on understanding the customer and how they're changing and their buyer behavior is changing. Uh, It is and will evolve um, post-pandemic, whenever that may be, you know, this new hybrid way of working, people will still be working from home in many instances, as well as coming to offices. So what does that buyer journey look like? I don't think the trends towards more of it happening online will change what is the right time for the human touch to really make a difference. So I think really understanding that going forwards is gonna be crucial. Um, But as I alluded to, I I don't see there uh, any steam coming out of the drive towards digital and leveraging data science and getting some really sophisticated modeling uh, and getting involved to not only look at new customer acquisition, but how do you improve the lifetime value of your customers? I think there's been a lot of talk around customer experience and and who owns the customer experience with many organizations and marketing. I think absolutely should be leading that charge and looking at that complete experience, not just the the front end of um, getting the sale, but making sure the company's delivering the brand promise ultimately and the value that the, the customers have bought into. So getting increasingly involved. I haven't talked at all about post sales journey the customer success part of our organization that deals with that marketing working hand in glove with that part of the organization to reduce the churn to increase the nps to create more brand advocates uh, and that holistic view of that complete customer life cycle is i think the ultimate goal for marketing is to be participating in that entire journey and impacting it and, and figuring out uh, and, and signing up for even uh, more KPIs across that complete customer experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think CX is one of those things. Um, a, a recent report we did showed that there's quite a bit of debate about who, has, who actually owns the CX. Um, and the fact is is that it should be if everyone who has, a, has any communication with the customer has a role within that CX journey but marketing is in the perfect position to really kind of lead it because they've actually got the data to work with. You say that's fair?
1: Um, Partnerships. I'm a big believer in partnerships, and this is a cross-functional role. No single function owns the customer experience. There are multiple touch points across the organization, from sales and marketing to support to services to finance teams who are sending out invoices, and customers have queries sometimes about those. So, you know, one of the big goals at Access is how do we elevate that joined up customer experience? And uh, it is a case of getting the right people. Uh, I, I think it's a cross-functional initiative. It is a company-wide initiative, just like customer success isn't down to the customer success team. It is down to every single person within the organization that uh, interacts with customers. So it's more of a cultural uh Effort to change and put the customer first, and therefore, you know, I don't think it is one department. Uh, marketing has a key role to play, sales has a key role to play, customer success is a key role to play.
0: Absolutely, um, I just want to talk about revenue um, in particular now. So I know earlier that you mentioned, well, I believe you mentioned, forgive me if I and um, that you had a revenue ops department. Um, and linked with that, you know, chief revenue officers seem to be becoming an increasingly popular appointment within B2B organisations, albeit they're not everywhere. Um, but, you know, why do you think this is and what value do you think they can actually offer an organisation?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the scope of the revenue officers in, in, in many organisations. I, I think it's just another term for a chief sales officer. Um, it's what comes under the remit of revenue operations. Do you look at all of the customer success? Um, business because you know, we're, we charge for support plans, we charge for our customer success managers through a, 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 a differentiated support offering. Um, those teams are crucially involved in, again, as I mentioned, delighting customers, making sure they get full value and adopt the, the software and the solutions that we've sold. So, um, reducing churn is a key KPI for those. Um, members of the team, as well as net promoter score. Um, So for me, I, I see chief sales officers, chief marketing officers, and chief customer success officers in the software world as being three distinct capabilities and functions and teams. Whether you roll that up under a chief revenue officer or a chief operating officer, I think that's down for many organizations to decide what works best for them. But ultimately... Um, you know, CEO is responsible for the overall revenue for the for the organization. That revenue comes from sales, from software. It's recurring revenue, renewals. You know, we're a 90% recurring revenue business, which means, you know, which is a f- phenomenal place to be. We, we, we are guaranteed that 90% revenue as long as we don't get that churn. So when we're looking at a software as a service SaaS business, you know, the KPIs are quite clear. You, it's no good just adding new customers, Uh, into the the pot of customers, you've got to make sure you you maintain and keep and retain as many customers as possible and don't lose them. So for me, a revenue officer uh, is akin to a chief operating officer because they will have to uh, look at all of those three key critical functions of sales, marketing, as well as customer success. We within Access see that as three very distinct areas that require strong leadership in each of those areas so we've decided upon very um, distinct uh, leadership uh, and uh, and driving performance in each of those areas um, separately
0: of course yeah and something we, we sort of touched upon earlier was this importance of, of you know getting a single view of your customer experience and actually measuring it um, so what are you doing at access group to actually improve that
1: um, I alluded to the data science. So we are, are investing heavily in data and systems that can give us that single view of the customer. We are, uh, I think, one of the best case studies in use of CRM, um, both from a sales marketing and customer success point of view. Um, we can always do better, but we have a lot of data uh, that we know uh, we can then provide fantastic reporting to give us that single view of the customer be they support tickets be they fire you know if, if someone's got a query on their invoice versus you know new opportunities and um, cross-sell and upsell opportunities within an account level. so we're quite sophisticated when it comes to look, getting that single view of the, the customer uh, and we've done a great job of making sure the teams understand that this is great to get that data into one place, which is always the challenge, and then to be able to analyze and report out of it and to look at key trends, look at how do you put interventions and plans in place to, to get to the right outcomes that you're after. Um, but you can never stop doing enough in that area. So we are, again, looking at new tech to a new software to enhance that customer experience. Um, there are new, um, tools always coming to market. So we're always evaluating um, new things that can help streamline uh, uh, or improve ultimately that customer experience. That ladders back up to the KPIs of, are they going to help you to drive more revenue? Are they going to help you to reduce your customer churn? Are they going to help you to drive uh, a better improved net promoter score? So It always ladders up to those key board level KPIs and we go through a thorough ROI process to evaluate this tech. But, you know, elevating that customer experience, it all comes back to that at the moment for us, is how do we demonstrate world-class customer experience um, and how do we improve on that day after day?
0: Absolutely. Um, Gersram, thank you very much. I think that's about all we've got time for today, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, If anyone wants to hear some more about Access Group or see some of the great work you guys are doing, um, you know, where should they head?
1: Um, go to the website <laughs> or yeah d- drop me a note if, if, if you're interested in any of the things that I've um, touched upon so yeah just contact me or head to the site if you've got anything to if you want to understand what we do as an organisation
0: fantastic thank you everyone for listening um, and we'll be back next time at the B2B Marketing Podcast if you want to hear any more please just head to b2bmarketing.net slash podcasts thank you very much goodbye if you'd like to hear more about the future of tech marketing and revenue performance, just follow the link in the description to check out our full report, which is sponsored by Together. This podcast was just one of a series of four, all of which we used to inform the report. So if you want to learn more and get the big picture, download the report now. And watch out for the remaining podcasts in this series in the coming weeks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.